I don't want my son to work a job. I don't. I want him to do only boss work. Like Dame Dash says, my son will work, but he will do boss work. Don't, don't move. Keep it locked. You already know. You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Today I am joined by Todd Oglesby, an author, investor, serial entrepreneur, course creator. Uh, he created the best selling options on demand course, it really got me into uh, options trading. And, and actually, uh, he had a stock market course as well that kind of got me into it. Um, I ran across I ran across his profile, I want to say at the beginning of the pandemic, where things were kind of hitting the fan, and it gave me an opportunity to expand my horizons uh in the stock market uh in real estate investing and in other other ventures so i'm super appreciative for what he did uh during that time and i don't know if he gets his roses like he should uh because he he created a a vibe that that i see it's kind of spreading throughout the community man like there's so many people in options trading and in the stock market and uh and i think he had and i want to say single-handedly but he had a big hand and helping people get into the market. He's also a podcaster himself with the Tweet Talk podcast and the Ogilvy and Scott podcast. Uh, and he's got about a hundred other things that he does. So I'm gonna let him tell you guys a little bit more about himself. Uh, what's going on, brother? How are you? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to adding some value to, um, to your community and your guests. So hopefully we can uh, turn it up here. All right, all right. So tell them a little bit about yourself, man. If it's anything that I missed. Yeah, so, I mean, I would just say you've covered a lot of the high-level stuff, but I think at the beginning, I'm really just a very ambitious person. I'm thankful that I had parents that were hustlers. Uh, my mom, she had us when she was 20 years old. She had me at 20. She had my mom at tw- or my sister at 22. Um, her and my dad were married. They got divorced. And my mom graduated from high school very early. So she graduated from high school at 16. And she just was a hustler. She was a hustler. And so even though my dad wasn't around, he still did what he was supposed to do, paid his child support, definitely supported us that way. So we never lacked for anything, but my mom still hustled on top of that. And so she was working a job as a bookkeeper. And then from there, she was like, you know what, if I want to move up in the ranks and become a CPA, I got to go to college. And so she went and she started to get a JC. She went to a JC for, I think, like four years because she was doing it part time. So her whole college process was eight years long. She went to a JC for four years, and then she went to a major university for four years. She went to San Diego State. But my whole life, all I've ever seen was somebody get up in the morning, work their job, and then study at nighttime or take classes at nighttime, spend their weekends doing the same thing. And that kind of ingrained in me just this go-get-it mentality. No weekends, no days off, no nights off grind, grind, grind. And so I've always done just multiple things. This isn't anything new to me. It's just, I'm finally at a place now where I can fully execute my talents and take them to the market. And so when I was in college, I was a part of all these different organizations. I was the president of the fraternity. I came in into the frat, they made me the VP. Then from there, they made me the president. I was the president for two years. And then I went and I became the National Panhellenic Council president. And I did that Then I started out doing some other things, taking on a bunch of internships. From there, I went and I started working as a financial advisor. So I worked at Edward Jones for about a year and a half. And I worked right at the peak of the financial crisis. And this is in 2008, 2009. I'm out there door knocking in a suit and the sun is hot. And I'm just like, hey, my name is Charles. I'm 23 years old and I want to manage your portfolio. And they're like, who the heck is this kid? And what qualifies him to manage my portfolio? So in the beginning, it was really a struggle. And I ended up leaving there, started working for Chase Private Client as a private client banker, which was actually a, uh, it was a a promotion per se. 
And there I was managing people's money who had over a quarter million dollars in assets or more, but also got introduced to banking. And I started to realize how the wealthy people use their money and different things that they were doing, how they like structured their money, what accounts they were using, different lines of credits. And I started to really see who had the money. And it was like, I got to look behind the curtain. I got to look behind that Wizard of Oz curtain. And I started seeing that people are working together as family. People aren't keeping too much money in their checking account. I always thought rich people had a bunch of money in their checking account. Like, nah, they, they got enough to live in their checking account. Everything else is positioned out there. Ultimately, um, due to the confines and the restrictions of working in banking, I decided I needed to kind of build my own thing for my own people. And there is when I launched Tide Capital. Tide Capital started off as an investment club. We ran it up to about 300 members. And then we created a real estate investment club. And that had about 100 members. We bought, I want to say, 10 properties in Detroit. We bought 16 vending machines. We have bought a barbershop truck. And then in my own personal ventures, I own two properties right now. One is a flip that I'm flipping in Detroit. Should be about $100,000 profit. I also bought a property for my son which should be finished soon, that should be rented out or potentially gonna sell or finance that and cash flow that for him. And got a Turo, got a truck that just got on the road and a whole bunch of other businesses. The digital courses really did crazy numbers for us. We did about $3 million in sales last year, did about a half million dollars in community revenue and then also made about a half million dollars in stocks last year. So last year was a huge year looking to continue that energy and that effort and turn it up this year. But what I found a lot of times is your success will ebb and flow. So last year was really good. I'm expecting this year to kind of be like a reloading year and I'm expecting to explode again in 2022. So that's good, yeah. man. Nice, 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 nice. So a little, a little pullback this year, but a setup for, for the next year. And I, I like that. So, you know, what's funny is, is uh, a lot of people, well, obviously being exposed to you and the community and, and things like that, you see that people are, are really flourishing in 2020, but on the grand scheme of things, right? People kind of looked at 2020 as like uh, this devastating, uh, devastating year. And it was, I'm not going to say that it wasn't, but it, it was really an opportunity for a lot of people if you had positioned yourself the right way. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's really cool to hear you talk about like all of the things that you were able to accomplish during a pandemic, right? Like when everybody was kind of, what was me? For the most part right everybody's kind of down and like this you know struggling and can't find their way and like there's always a way right like if, like they say if there's a will there's a way um and you definitely definitely had you know had yourself positioned to do to do numbers right <laughs> um and yeah, look you helped me bro like i said I, I mean as a as a strength and conditioning coach i worked at a gym the gyms were closed uh when we opened back up we had limited amount of people that could come in like i needed when I worked at a school at, at, on a, like as a part-time thing, that position went away. So I lost 20 K um, like, you know what I mean? Like I, I lost another 10,000 on another job I was doing. So I'm like, I'm looking at this money going out of my account or like not coming in. And I'm like, yo, I got to do something. And then I found the, the options community. And then actually before that, I had found the, uh, you had another course and it was on like a, a $50 Friday. I think it was. And you had, um, investing as a group right and so me and some of my homeboys from college got together created an llc and we went out and bought some some mobile homes in vegas um and still still renting those out now uh we're actually about to sell one for for 300 gain which is which is awesome um and look into getting into some more real estate and so like you definitely helped me set myself up in a situation where I didn't feel it. Like I, I, I know the money was gone, but I didn't feel it because I was able to replace it through through the knowledge that you shared, which I think is, is is huge, man. And and you did it for the community. You know what I mean? Like you could have been doing it. Like it, obviously you saw some some gains from it, right? But it wasn't like you can tell, or I can tell, like the way you act, the way you move, the things you say. Like I said, I listen to the podcast, I see your posts on social media, like. You're doing it. You're a man of the people. Whether whether they love, whether they love, you know, whether they appreciate it or not, at times, is different, right? But that's not your problem, right? That's not their opinion is not your problem. But you're giving back and you're giving knowledge that I like. I'm gonna be real. I didn't know nothing about options. I had no idea what it was. Like I knew about the stock market. Like I had been throwing money and just random stuff because people had told me about it in college. But like I wasn't aware of reading charts. Like I didn't have any real knowledge of it and it just wasn't 
it wasn't something that my family talked about. Like I just, it just wasn't there for me. And, and uh, so I appreciate it, man. Like I know there's a lot of people, a lot of good dudes that, and, and guys, guys and girls, but, but specifically since it's a fatherhood podcast, there's a lot of fathers that took advantage of the opportunity that, that you presented to provide for their family. You know, like I, I talked to uh, Kevin, Kevin Powell, right. It's, uh, call me 100 K dude is, is like doing everything now. Right. Like, right. <laughs> like a hundred thousand dollars a day, kind of on the regular, like, like it's easy. Um, but like, and he's another guy that's like all about the family, all about the community. And, and it's really cool to see that because I think we get the impression a lot of times that guys get successful and they leave, right. They leave, you know, and they don't give back, but you're a guy that's giving back. And I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, so how do you, how do you manage to juggle? Cause I know like for, for me now I have like, I, I, well, let me back up. So you left your job to, to pursue your own ventures, right? And I recently did the same thing. Like about two months ago, I left my, my coaching position. Um, you know, I was managing five gyms and I had all these employees that worked under me, but it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling for me anymore, right? And, and I wanted to be able to spend more time with my family. So I left and now I'm, as you like the shirts say, I'm an entrepreneur, right? So I'm doing things for myself. And I know there's a lot of people that are like that. How are you managing to juggle all of those different businesses? And I know it's something that you've done your whole life. But how are you managing to juggle all those different businesses? And and I see, you know, you do a lot of stuff with your family as well. How are you? How are you managing that? The interesting thing is, is um, I was having this thought today actually, and a lot of it comes down to people. Is empowering people, paying people to manage different projects that you have. And if, if, cause otherwise you'll be running around like your head cut off, like you really can't. And so in the beginning, you have to do all the work, you have to do all the managing. And then later on, you can start working with your managers because you know everything that's required. So, I mean, I have a lot of active businesses. I have an options community. I got courses. I have rental properties. I have a truck. I have all these different things. But now what I do is I put people in place to do these things. When I had a job, I wanted to be the person doing everything because I was so used to just being the person that did everything. And then when I got out of my own, I started realizing like, I like being able to travel on a Tuesday and I can't travel on a Tuesday if I got to drop off a turtle on a Wednesday. So something's got to change. And so we had to put something in place where I can manage my turtle and not have to be there. Now what we do is we park the turtle close to LAX. I pay for a parking spot. I pay somebody to deliver the turtle. I was having issues with the trucks what I did with my truck is I hired somebody who does this all the time and that's all they do. And so he positioned the truck, he's fixed things. I never even had to call him about. And he has the truck up and running with the rental properties. We hired a property manager. The property manager sends me an invoice that this has to get changed. This has to get changed. The tenants call her directly. They do all that directly. And now I step up, step back and I'm in the B quadrant. I'm not in the S quadrant. The S quadrant is when you're self-employed, when you're in the weeds. Now I'm in the B quadrant. I just got my car detailed he did a way better job than I could have ever done. I think once you get to the point financially where you can afford to pay for other people to do different things, you realize it's better because people are better at you than what you could do. So the person who manages the truck knows the truck way better than I could. Person who manages the the Turo knows Turo way better than I know Turo. Person that manages the, the rentals knows rentals way better than I know how to do it. So it's about empowering, putting the right people in place. Every facet of your life should have a manager your finances should have a manager, your graphics should have a manager, marketing should have a manager, all these departments in your life should have managers, and the managers report to you. And it's only your responsibility to think, how can I grow this? How can I improve this? How can I make this better? And by doing that, I'll be able to get more of my time back, make more money, and live a happier life. Yeah, I like that, man. I like that. And, 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 I, it definitely starting off like it, it, it takes a lot of, of your own work, your, your own blood, sweat and tears. But but it's necessary. Right. It's necessary because once you get it rolling, like I'm at a point now in my business, like it, the first couple of months was a struggle, like getting it going. But I'm at a point now where it's kind of on it's on autopilot. You know, there's still obviously things that I have to do. And there's parts of the business that I have to be a part of Zoom calls and things like that, you know, working with people specifically. But man, it's such a beautiful thing that like, it's a Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not worried about, oh man, I got to clock back in 
or, you know, I got to make sure I schedule this training session. Like it's already running, like it's already happening. People are, people are getting it done um, and holding themselves accountable. And I like what you said about having a manager too, because even in a family, in a family setting, like my kids are in school. I could definitely, like last year, I didn't have a choice. I had to homeschool them, right? They were at home. I had to be the teacher, right? Like they had a Zoom, like, but I had to be the teacher or at least the assistant teacher. But they go to school because the teacher is better at teaching them than I am. And the teacher then reports to us how our kids are doing. And that makes sense, right? That's something that we all have happen for us. And and it makes sense in business too, that that's something that we definitely need to or should be doing. Like that's, that's... I think the struggle that people have is admitting that there's somebody out there that's better than them, but like that's their lane and that's what they're supposed to be good at. And so my thinking is at, at first, so let's take a Turo for example, the Turo pays 350 for a few days. I pay a hundred dollars to have it picked up, dropped off, washed, parked, all that stuff. I make 250 bucks. Look, I know you're excited to get back to the podcast, but I just really quickly want to bring up to you guys, uh, Potential Performance is having that huge sale on the uh, post-pandemic parent performance program. Uh, it was normally $199, um, got all the way down to $47. Bucks. What you get is is four weeks, 28-day uh, challenge, um, four Monday challenges, uh, four workouts a week, um, a complete meal plan for all seven days a week for all 28 days. Uh, there's a Facebook group. There's weekly coaching calls. Um, there's tons and tons of stuff loaded up in this thing. I mean, it's a killer deal. So uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, look down below. There'll be a link for it. If you're listening to a podcast, it'll be somewhere in the show notes. If you're not sure where to go, go ahead. If you're following me on Instagram at you can call me coach, the link is in the bio uh, and there's more information there for you. So uh, again, potential for performance, post-pandemic parent performance program, no longer 197, only 47 bucks. Click the link wherever you're at and uh, join on up. To do nothing. And so now I have somebody who's getting better at the systems. They're getting better at taking the pictures, getting all these things together. And so I don't have to do that. I don't have to be that person. I want to focus on being the CEO, which is the synergistic glue that puts it all together. That's my job. Hold it all together. Make sure that I got the right people in the right places, not being the right person, because there's an opportunity cost on your time. Right. If I'm doing this, I can't do that. But thankfully, thanks to the systems we were putting in place, I can do this and this and stack them up at the same time. So now I'm getting paid four times for the same hour. And I think that that is like, that's how you get wealthy. You can't line up tasks. You got to stack tasks. And so the truck is running, boom. I'm getting reports on that. The vending machines are running, boom. Rental properties are running, boom. And when I was in the job, I was in the weeds. And when I was in the weeds, my money was still linear. You're just, you're just like, all right, so I'm going to work eight hours now. And I'm going to work four hours on my weekend, another four hours after this. And so you, you feel like you're making more money, but you're really not. A lot of people who have multiple jobs, they feel like they're making more money, but they're really not because you're still exchanging different time for money. Yeah. And so there's like a life factor that's attached to your time when you make your money that way. So it's like for every hour you work, there's probably about half of that money is going to live. You got to feed yourself. You got to clothe yourself. You got to nourish yourself. But when you start making money separate from your time, your money starts to bubble on top of your life. And so like, that's the thing is that's when you create an abundance. That's when you create wealth. But if you're just exchanging things, you're never getting ahead. You got to stack them. So for the same eight hours, I can have four or five things running, making me money. And now if I only live out of one of those things, now those other four things, I'm investing that money. And so a lot of the money that we make gets invested either right back into the business or it gets invested into stocks, real estate, different ventures. And so like, that's how you create that wealth. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope, man. I think that, I think you, I, you hit it right on the head. Like people have, especially, especially uh, uh, guys, men, like we have a tough time letting go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just like dudes back in the day, didn't used to ask for directions. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I know how to get there. I got it. You know what I mean? I can handle it. And it, it's tough. Like it's an ego thing, right? Like I can figure it out or I know what to do or I can get it done. But in reality, like somebody, like you said, somebody, that's somebody's job. Somebody is a professional at that. Somebody can, can be skilled at that. Um, and if you find it, 
you know, find that person, then that part of your life can, can explode, right. Can, it can, it can move exponentially. Um, and you said, you said something at like, you know, you being the CEO of it all. And, uh, I like to say like a father is the CEO of the family, right? Like you, you put all the pieces together, like you, you, you know, you bring things in and people kind of work around you and you organize everybody's tasks and duties and responsibilities. And you're responsible for, um, you know, training, right? Like your kids, you know, training them up. And it's, it's really cool, really cool to hear you talk about your businesses in that way as well. Um, how do you, how do you, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. These, these days, there's this conflict I feel between like men and women where a lot of women don't really see the man as the CEO. They kind of see it as like a co-CEO thing. How do you navigate that? So for me, I don't, I don't have that issue with, with my wife. You know, um, I think she, she definitely uh, allows me to take the lead on that. And I think that's just her personality. Um, but I, I do see that, right? I do see that. And, and a lot of that is like, okay, uh, the type of person per se, you know what I mean? Like if, if, if we're both like competing with each other on who's going to be the boss, then that's where we have problems. Right? Like this is a synergistic thing. We work together, right? Like my wife and I work together. She has a great job. I have a good business. Like we work together and she understands that, you know, that this is a team, right? But every team has a coach, right? Like, you know what I mean? There can only be one quarterback on the field. You're a very talented player, but you might be a wide receiver and that's fine, right? Be a great wide receiver. Not everybody has to be the quarterback, right? Yeah. And so, so in a family unit, competition in that way is, is more toxic than it is anything else. And so for us, we, you know, the thing that helps us the most is communication, right? Like we talk about it. I, she likes, she allows me to have that position and I take that position. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I embrace that role full force. And a lot of times I think, yes, women do fight for that job sometimes, but I also think sometimes dudes are allowing them to like, you know what I mean? In some, in some regards, there's like, you're not asserting yourself maybe, right? Or maybe you're not like, maybe like your wife or your girlfriend kind of knows you better than most people. And if you aren't stepping up, they'll step up for you. You know what I mean? Like in a, in a, in a family situation, like if, if something was happening and it's the two of you and only one of you can make it happen and you don't step up, you're, you're, you're basically saying, go ahead and take control. Right. And then, and then once that happens, right. Once that happens is now you, now you've got to kind of try to reassert dominance. And I'm not saying dominance in a way, like you're dominant over your wife or whatever, but but she's she's meant to be a help me like you guys are supposed to work together and, and if you if you don't establish those roles then then yeah you do struggle with this um but again i think it all goes back to communication right like if you yeah. don't communicate the position that you want to play right like somebody's gonna pick the position for you <laughs> you know what i mean so so for for us uh, communication is a big part of it but i think it's it's all in, in the selection process you know i yeah. think uh I think having, and I've seen you say it before, like having a, a, a good wife is a cheat code. I like, I can't, I can't overstate that. Like, like my wife is, is awesome. And like, not only in, in her role, but then also in the support of the things that I do. Like I couldn't do anything I do without her being as rock solid as she is. Like if I had to do everything that I do and prop her up at the same time, like, Yo, it would be so much more difficult, but but she holds her own yeah. and she's able to support me just like I'm able to support her. Yeah. Um, and it's like you said, it's a wealth, it's a wealth cheat code to have somebody that's on your team that's pushing in the same direction you're pushing. Like my wife told me earlier this year, it was like a couple months ago, just on just out of nowhere, she's like, you know what, I'm gonna make two hundred thousand dollars this year out of out of my uh, out of my business, and I'm like. She ain't never said that before, <laughs> you know what I mean? But her ambition level is like, okay, I, you know what? I got some things that I'm going to work on. I'm going to put this together. I'm going to do, you know, it's going to happen. And I'm like, I'm watching her do it. Like, and she's actually putting in the action to do it. And I'm like, this is dope. Because now, now it, it puts me in a position where I can't underperform. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're working together. Like now, now yeah. I can't have her looking at me like, damn dog, what you doing? Can I say <laughs> one thing about that? Um, yeah. First off, what does your wife do? 
she is a clinical social worker, but she has like seven other things that she does as well. But that's her primary job. She works with the school district. One of the things I tell people is when you have a woman that does a lot, the man's going to do even more. And we've seen examples of it. So when Barack Obama, like, first kind of met Michelle, she actually was doing better than he was. <laughs> like, she was in the firm. She was doing all these things. And he got around her. And now he pushes himself. He becomes the president. He becomes a senator, all that good stuff. Right. Jay-Z, you look at Beyonce, she's crushing it. And so he goes out and he does even more. Kanye and Kim. Kim was out there. She, I think she became a billionaire before he did, I think, or got damn close. Close to it, yeah. And so then he became a billionaire. And so I think that we see something like, I, that's, I bring that up because a lot of times women will see a dude and he won't be on her level and they don't realize, like, just give it some time. Yeah. <laughs> just give it some time. It's going to happen. He'll rise. He'll rise up. And in terms of the question that I asked you, I think what's interesting is if you go on the Internet, you see a lot of back and forth. Mm-hmm. Women say one thing, dudes say another thing. I think that dudes just got to stop talking and start acting because it's going to play out the way it's supposed to play out. Yeah. Like you're going to rise. Your leadership is going to show and you don't have to go back and forth with the words to do it. And so I think the cheat code is necessarily to let life play out. A lot of us, because a lot of times, like women come into life differently. Women live a whole different life than men live. Right. Like if you're a woman, you have problems. Typically somebody takes care of your problems. Right. If you're a dude, you have problems. You better find a way to get that stuff done. <laughs> and so stuff like that takes longer to develop. You as a man, you might not get there to like 30, yeah. mid thirties. But like, that's why your value increases as you age because your income, your knowledge, your wisdom increases as you age. And so if you're at a young age, early 20s, and you're still out there trying to figure out how you're going to get the woman that you, you're you looking for, maybe she's like a high value woman, maybe she's doing all these really great things, you've got to get in your grind, you got to put your head down, and you'll get there eventually. But I would say, don't be out here trying to, um, don't get discouraged, is what I would say, because yeah. it's going to play out for you. Yeah, yeah. Two things from that. One, uh, it's like value investing, right? And shout out to you for for SPG because that's been that's been wonderful. <laughs> it's been beautiful. Um, but like you know, you you find you you get in when it when it's low, but understanding what the value of it is, right? Like you get in and it's a long term play, right? Like you 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 see what this person's potential is, what they're capable of, if you can be patient, right? Like time in the market is better than time. Like that's the timing of of it. You know what I mean? Um, but then two, um, I heard this, I don't know who I heard this from. I heard this on the podcast, but like focus on you till the focus is on you. Like if you, if you are working on making yourself better, like you're pursuing a a certain type of woman and you, you want a certain type of relationship. If your focus is on that and your focus isn't on you, then you have a problem because you're not going to be ready when you find it. But if you focus on you, you build yourself up and when you're ready, it'll find you. Right. And so I agree with you, man. Like for, for guys, we don't really hit our stride to like, you know, 30s, mid 30s. You know what I mean? Like we're messing around like we are just not not mature as we should be. Uh, you know, we we're, we're, we're chasing everything that's moving. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, it, and and ladies mature faster than us. And they're like more business savvy and they're more focused on like the end goals of life. Like my daughters are, are eight. And, and six and you know they they have talks about they, they're playing with dolls and the dolls are having weddings right i don't remember ever i don't remember ever having no no gi joes were having weddings like we weren't talking about nothing gi joes wasn't buying houses they was killing people and saving the world and that's it right and it's not until we get to like 28 29 30 and and, and up that we start talking about that kind of stuff so we typically aren't ready for the relationship for the family uh for those things until that point unfortunately like we aren't on the same the same wavelength as far as that's concerned but when we do get ready right we show up and we show out you know what i mean yeah 100%. so speak speaking of that I, I know you have a you have a son how old is your son he is a year and a half i tell people a year and a half because it's so funny he is he was born on the 27th but okay. I always got to do math. So I'm like, oh man, how many months is it? So it's like, it's a year and a half. But every time somebody asks me, I got to think of what the date is. Yeah. I got to start counting from March. So year, year and a half. 
Okay, nice, nice, nice. And how has how has that experience been for you? I I, uh, I haven't had a, a one year old in quite some time. So yeah. how is that how is that uh, going for you? Um, it's all over the place. Like, you you have to be responsible for somebody. I didn't have kids until a lot older, so I didn't have my son until I was like thirty three. Okay. And I'd already lived so much life. And so I'm thankful for that because I don't feel like there's a competition. Sometimes I think when people have kids younger, there's this like, I still got to live, but I also got to take care of my responsibilities. So what am I going to do? But for me, my whole life is really dedicated to my son. And then thankfully so, I've actually become a way better and bigger person because I live for something bigger than myself. So now I got to take care of myself. Plus I also got to make sure that he's set. And I've become a beast, more of a monster than I was before. I remember when I was in college, I might've been 20 years old. Uh I was in like my third year of college and this chick shows up and she's like, hey, I just had a kid and it's your kid. I was like, who does that? Who has the kid? And it tells you like, like, usually it's like, oh, I'm pregnant. Not like I had a kid. And so, man, I saw my whole college career flash before my eyes, which not just my college career, but also my whole life because we were sold this idea. If you don't finish college, you ain't ever going to amount to nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I got super serious. My whole wardrobe changed. My whole focus on everything changed. Prior to that, I was living the college dream. I was in the frat, running the frat, running, you know. <laughs> I'm familiar. <doing> all- <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> living, the, living my best life. And it, really, and it really settled me down. And I think it allowed me to go from young man to like focused, kind of like mid-20s person. Mm-hmm. And then when I had my son, I think it was even more so. First off, that child wasn't mine. We ended up yeah. taking a test. The child was not mine. I knew it wasn't mine because I don't be out there messing around with no protection. Right. The people that have and at, at that age who were doing it without protection are probably not the people who went to college because we're obviously deferring gratification. Whereas somebody like the dude who ended up getting her pregnant with some dude she knew from, from high school, he wasn't shit. Sometimes people like to pick the father. They're like, right, who's yeah. the most qualified person to be the father? Oh, you are. It's your son. Nah, we got tests for that. So anyway, man, fatherhood changed my life. Um, way more wealthier, way more focused. I have less of a tolerance for nonsense. I, I don't put, I'm, I'm quick to cut somebody off. When, before my son came, I feel like my whole goal was to make the whole community wealthy. And so I did a lot of selfless things. I gave a lot of free value away. I put a lot of other people before me. And then when he came, my my responsibility became to make sure that he's wealthy. And so I took all that focus and I brought it in house and we've benefited substantially because of it. And I'm happy for that, for reining me in and bringing my focus in. Like, yeah, we can still do things for the community and we should, and we will, and we do. But by me putting my son first, it, it makes it even better. It's a different kind of love. I tell people, it's a different kind of love. Um, like, I'll, I, you can't even really explain it. It's different yeah. than like your wife. Is, it's definitely different than your parents. It's like your whole reason for being is that person. Anything that they want. I was sitting on the couch yesterday and my son was eating goldfish and he decided to give me some goldfish and I was full. I didn't want no goldfish, but I was eating the goldfish. He handed me the goldfish. I was like, all right, we're going to eat these goldfish. Because, I mean, <laughs> it's just... I love it. I do. And I think what's interesting as a community is we were often sold as though like parenthood was the downfall of people like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I would be wealthy, but I have you kids or, oh, like I would do these things, but I got kids. And so like, I think for the longest time, a lot of us put off kids. And that's a big part of the reason why when I thought I had a kid at 20, I was so devastated. I was like, oh man, I got kids. Now I got to be poor for the rest of my life. But that's not true. If you do things in the right order, parenthood is a blessing if you do things with the right person mm-hmm. parenting is a blessing i was talking to my college friend he came to my house for my birthday and we were looking at my son running around and i was like my son is the best thing that happened to me he changed my life but i can say that because i did it the right way i married a woman that i had known my whole life we got married we were married for a good amount of time and then we had a child and we got a house and we have our cars and we have our businesses and we're financially secure I can enjoy fatherhood. It's not a burden, but I feel like even if this wasn't the case, I would still find a way because that's just the kind of person that I am. So even if the business didn't blow up, all these great things didn't happen, I still, I wouldn't, I would just be hustling. I'd be working 
multiple days, going back to school to level up my skill set, doing all these different things, tasting, taking courses, practicing, still becoming a better person. And so I think that fatherhood actually makes you better. And being a present father is one of the best things that you could do. When I, like statistically, I always tell people like statistically present fathers, I think earn double what non-present fathers earn. And then not only that, your expenses are, are way less. My wife has unlimited access to the bank account, not child support access. My wife doesn't worry about the mortgage. She doesn't worry about her car. No, none of that stuff matters. But if we work together, now I got to take care of my whole household. And I got to take care of her household. Now she's over here. I can only get access to whatever that number might be per month. No, now she has access to the account. She gets whatever she wants. And so like that also is the benefit of the children, but also staying together with the children. There's a lot to unpack in there, but yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, you know what? It's, it's, it's really, really cool to hear you say that because the, the present father piece for sure. Um, because a, a lot of dudes are in their quest to provide and to do those things and to, to level up their family and to find wealth. You know, we, we go out and we work 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, two jobs. And, and you know what I mean? And, and we were missing the being present part. You know, like we're providing, but but your presence is a present, right? Like that, that's so important. Um, and I and I found that with, with my family, like especially like I said during the pandemic, because prior to that, I was the job I was at, I was like I said, managing five gyms. And so I would I'm out of the house at you know six in the morning, I come back home at 9 30 at night. You know what I mean? Uh the only time I get to see the kids is pick them up from school, take them home, and then I get to see them on the weekend you know, like for, for like 10, 12 years. And like, I was very intentional about the time I spent with my family. And like, when I had time, I was 100% invested in the time that I had, but like, you don't realize how valuable your presence is until you're actually like, till everything stopped, everything slowed down. And I was just able to be here. Things were shut. We was in lockdown and we we're here 24 hours a day. And I'm like, man, these two little amazing people, like I, like I get to be around like that, the fatherhood thing is 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 unmatched. Of any of the titles that I've had in in my career, in my life, like being a father and being present has definitely helped me, like grab for more, to want to do more, to be more. You know what I mean? Um, and not just not just for myself, like for like you said, for somebody else. Like it, it has it has definitely pushed me to to different levels. You know, to get on. Yeah. Uh, and do the things that that are necessary in order to to give them the life that that I wanted to have when I was a kid, but also the life that they want to have. Yeah. Well, one thing For that I would say to, to hear other dudes talk about it, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a big thing is like. But but I was saying just just the the fatherhood piece is so important, and so so keeping on that, like you kind of have have kind of mentioned it a little bit. But but uh, these are just some of the questions that I do have for you is, is what is what is what is fatherhood like what does fatherhood mean mean to you? When when. Before I had my son. My goal was to. Give my son what I didn't have, but what I wanted, and I thought that was the responsibility of a father. And I still kind of feel like that is a part but as i like kind of travel this whole fatherhood path i'm realizing that a lot of times like fatherhood is just being an example because i see the things that he does and it blows my mind they're always watching everything that you're doing they're watching and they do it you don't necessarily have to tell them what to do you just have to really exist in their presence and they're going to follow it with and so, for example, whenever I drink like water, I always make like that ah, sound. And so my son will just make that sound when he wants to drink, to drink something. Or if he sees me drinking something, he'll make that sound. Or uh... What's going on, guys? I, look, I know the podcast is just starting to get good to you. But, but I just wanted to let you know that the, um, the ebook, the ebook, Seven Steps to Being Healthy and Fit, it's free, completely free. So uh, if you are, are not already following me on Instagram, go ahead and follow me at You Can Call Me Coach and you click the link in the bio uh, and you can go ahead and grab that ebook right now. If you're not able to do that right now, 
I'm going to go ahead and put it down in the show notes somewhere. You can find that link. Go ahead and grab your copy of the book. Uh, if you don't like to read, you can also look on my YouTube page. I actually went through each step and detailed it and actually gave a ton more information uh, that's actually in the book. So again, go ahead and grab your copy, your free copy of seven steps to being healthy and fit. And let's get back to the podcast. Um, just little things that I've noticed that he picks up on. So that challenges me to be one of those parents. I never wanted to be one of those parents that's like, don't do as I say, not as I do. Because kids never do that. I've seen it play out. I've seen people who have parents who sit in the house and they end up being kids that sit in the house. And they have being kids who they just, yeah. they don't, they don't, they find all the excuses in the world for why they can't find a job or why they can't work or whatever the case may be. So for me, I just think fatherhood is, it's all encompassing. You definitely got to provide. You definitely want to leave an inheritance for your children's children. I want to leave my son income, not money. So I want him to be able to work because he wants to, not because he has to. And like, for example, what I've seen just throughout my whole life in banking, even in law school, I saw that what I was told is you got to grind it out. You got to figure it out on your own. You're 18. And then you go to law school and you see grown ass people who are being taken care of and their only responsibility is be great. You see grown people in college, their only responsibility is get A's. That's what I want for my son. I want my son to have the right responsibilities, get the right grades, take the right major. I don't want you over here working at KFC like I had to do, working at Radio Shack like I had to do, working these nonsensical jobs like I had to do just to be broke, working to be broke. You're giving away hours of your time so you could be broke. That's crazy. I had to go out there. I had to get a car note on my own, pay the insurance on my own, pay my phone on my own. And they say that builds character, but I don't necessarily think that that built my character. I think a lot of other things built my character. I think it had more to do with the example that I saw than what I was placed into. And so my goal is to make sure that my son never feels that. My goal is to make sure that my son doesn't know lack, but he knows he still has a responsibility to give it his all every single day, to grind, to build, to create, to help people. And so that's the balance that I'm trying to, to figure out is I don't want I don't want you to think that the only reason why you work is to avoid struggle. I want you to think that you work because that's what we're put on earth to do is to create things and build things. As a father, I think that's what I take as my responsibility. That's why I over-index on my personal development. That's why I over-index on my investments. That's why I over-index on making sure that I love on my son and making sure that I, I am able to guide him without necessarily having to talk to him sternly or put my hands on him. That's one of my goals is to do the things that he should be doing and explain things to him so he learns these things and he develops good habits and not necessarily have to, to beat him or do all these crazy things that were done right. to us. I'm not a fan of that. Right. Yeah. Me either. Me either. I think that every opportunity is a teaching moment. And uh, I just look back on on that thing specifically. I look back on the team, the times where I got, I got spankers, I got whoopings or whatever. And uh, the only thing that I really learned from it was not to get caught. So to be craftier, <laughs> right. Like to, to figure out how to do it without getting in trouble. Um, but I didn't really learn like what I should be doing in a better way. And so um, like, I, I don't, I don't like that for, for my kids. I, I take it as an opportunity to try to teach them yeah. uh, to, to do whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like this, this, okay. I understand you did this. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out some solutions. And then not, I'm not, I don't like to give them the solution. I like them to come to the conclude, like, what is it that you could have done differently? Let's, let's, you have to figure it out. Like you have to problem solve. Right. You had a problem. This is the solution that you chose. It wasn't the right one. Let's figure out together the right solution to that problem, because I think problem solving is one of those things that that if you can teach your kid how to problem solve, even in the small things like that sets them up for life. Like you like wealth, the wealth, wealthiest people solve problems like, you know what I mean? If you could teach them how to solve problems and just like you know, you shouldn't be jumping on the couch. <laughs> you know, I understand you wanted to have fun, but let's find another solution. You wanted to jump up and down. Are there other opp opportunities or other ways you could have could have done that that would have not gotten you in trouble? What's 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 the problem? You want to jump up and down? Okay, what's the solution? It's not the couch. Where you know where else can you do that, or what other way can you get that done um, and solve that problem? 
Yeah. And, and that, I think that's, that's, that's huge for us to leave, to leave to them uh, along with wealth, right. But also knowledge and, and problem solving ability. Uh, super important. Um, all right. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hold you for too much longer. I do have a couple more questions for you. Um, and, and these are kind of like our, 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 you know, our finishing or follow-up questions. Um, and I try to change them up a little bit for each, for each, uh, interview. Um, and so since you, since you have, uh, you know, you have this, this giant course that is, there are several courses that have done amazing, right? You're, you're a content creator, so course creator, uh, like you said, the options on demand course is just ridiculous. Um, you know, if you had to create a course uh, for fathers, right? You had to create a course for fathers. What would like be the, the main topic? Like, what would you want them to know? What is the main thing you'd want them to know? Man, somebody, somebody posted something and they said, they said that they had to become wealthy so that their, their son can become wealthy or something along those lines. And my thought process is, well, what if it was all inclusive? So what I mean is that the wealth that you make, the wealth that you create for yourself and your son is wealth for the family. And so we, we shouldn't see it as buckets. We should see it as family. One of the things that I saw when I worked at uh, Chase was I would see like an Asian guy and all his accounts would be linked. His son would have access, his daughter would have access, his wife would have access. Everybody had access to the same pile of money. And that's what I want people to understand. You can do that through family trust. You can do that through maybe joint accounts, credit cards. I don't want it to be seen as like, this is my money and that's your money. I want it to be seen as though this is the family money. We're building the family business up. We're building the family wealth up. Your responsibility is to contribute to the family. My responsibility is to contribute to the family. Your mother's responsibility is to contribute to the family. And so I think that that foundational point is important. I tell my mom this all the time. She's like, I want to get an Airbnb. I want to get another Turo. I'm like, if, if we walked in there together, they'd just be handing us the keys. I got the finances and the credit. You got the finances and the credit. It's a lot easier to get financing when there's more than one than when there's just one because you're making it less risky on the bank. When I used to try to get cars before I was married, they gave me the worst rates from the worst banks. When I got married, we walked into the bank, we got one of the lowest interest rate I've ever gotten with the most premier banks. And I'd never experienced that before. Why? Because there's two of us, there's two sources of income, there's two credit scores, there's also two families. One of the coolest things about being married is now you have two sets of parents. You literally have two fathers. So you know how like your father is supposed to create wealth for you? Well, her father is also contributing to what you have going on. Quite honestly, I spend more time with my father-in-law than any of my fathers, my real dad and my stepdad. I spend more time with my, with my father-in-law. I don't know why it works out the way it works out, but it does. And so my thinking is like, if I were to create a course, it'll be teaching you how to create family wealth, not individual wealth, group wealth, not personal wealth and saying, well, I'm gonna just leave you what I got after I die. Like, no. No, when I was working, I used to work in a family office. A family office is a house. It's essentially a family that has massive wealth. They had $200 million in wealth. And what I saw is that they moved as a unit. The father supported what the son was doing. The, you have, it's a, I always talk about like the father and son combination and how lethal that is. And so his son had a real estate development company. The father backed the real estate development company. I also worked in a law firm, father-son combination. The father funded his son's law firm. The, the law firm was a multi-million dollar company. When you have a son, it's not your responsibility to bring your son into what you're doing. It's your responsibility to put your resources and your knowledge and your wisdom behind what he wants to do. So if he wants to go out there and he wants to create a gym, we in the gym business, boy. That's what we're doing. We're going to make this the dopest gym yeah. ever. But I'm not going to push you out there and be like, good luck. And all my entrepreneur endeavors, it's always been good luck. If, if I even got the good luck, Pat, usually it's just like, you need to be focused on that job, boy. Or that can't work yeah. out. Why would you be doing that? And so that would yeah. be my, my take is focus on the family, not on the individual. Good. I like that. I like that. Now, here's, here's the second part to it, right? You're creating another course. Um, but this one is, is for your son, right? What do, you, what do you want him to know? 
That's a good question. And I haven't thought about doing that just yet, but it will be a fundamental discussion on everything that we're doing presently. So a fundamental discussion on the stock market, a fundamental discussion on real estate, a fundamental discussion on life insurance, maybe some estate planning, some money management, personal finance, saving, budgeting, and also just an emphasis on telling people that your goal isn't necessarily to shrink yourself so that you can stay within a budget is to grow yourself. And so we'd also have some business development courses in there as well. We have to teach our children. So I was approached on the internet once and I was talking about like, I want to say I tweeted the whole thing, leave your children income, not just money because income mm -hmm. never ends and income never ends. And a lot of people, they get handed money, they buy a car. <laughs> so it's like, I want my son to have income. So if he chooses to buy a car, he can at least finance that car with the income that we live on. And then he can build on top of that. Some smart guy was like, oh yeah, that's cool that you're leaving financial wealth to your children and all, but what about teaching them how to manage the wealth? Because if they don't know how to manage the wealth, then what are you gonna do? And so I saw them a screenshot of a course that I was a part of where I actually taught a fundamental stock market course for a bunch of kids and they're really, really smart kids. And so we really do this out here, man. We're not just talking mm -hmm. and all the things that we could talk about, we do this. And so I would want him to know, man, there's so much to teach him, but I want him to teach, I want to teach him just the fundamentals, maybe the, the cash flow quadrant, how people make money in America, the fundamentals and uh, rich dad, poor dads. So we have to understand that business owners are the people who generate the wealth in this world. Employees work for business owners and they're never really satisfied. I want him to learn the fundamentals of the stock market, stock market investing, of course, options trading. He's going to know that. I would rather my son trade options than work a job at KFC. So we're going to do that. And he's going to learn about real estate investing, rental properties, managing properties, um, doing flips, analyzing properties, real estate development, valuing land. It would just be an all-inclusive wealth course. And that's kind of what I tried to even create with my personal courses, which is interesting because my courses, although they're being taught for people who are older, they're still being taught to people who never learned these things. And so just because you didn't learn it, just because you learned it old doesn't mean your kids have to learn it old. So essentially everything that I'm teaching people is things that I would teach my son. Vending machines, trucking, Turo, all these different passive ways to generate income. I want him to have access to all that knowledge. And I want him to put his effort and his energy into creating those things as opposed to working. I, I never want my son, to, I don't want my son to work a job. I don't. I want him to do only boss work. Like Dame Dash says, my son will work, but he will do boss work. I have no desire for my son to be somebody's employee, especially as an African-American man. People don't really say this, but we're not treated fairly. You might be treated fairly, but I've had a lot of really negative experiences in the workplace where I felt like I should have been promoted. I should have been paid more. I should have had access to these different things. I shouldn't have been fired. And you're just getting effed by the system. And what's frustrating is you can do everything you're supposed to do. You can dress the part. You can talk the part. You can groom the part. You can show respect. and You can still get effed. And I never want my son to feel that. And so that's why I want him to understand all these different things. And then he can choose his passion. You still got to create some stuff and then you can pursue your passion. I don't want my son to just be some like, I'm an artist. Like, nah, you got a responsibility to generate revenue. You got a responsibility to build up clients. You got a responsibility to help people. I'm not doing the artsy fartsy stuff. You still got to produce. I don't want you to have a job, but you still got to produce. And if you're working on your business and you're grinding your business, you're trying to put things into place, that's great. But you have a responsibility to leave this better, this world better than when you walked into it. Yeah, yeah, man, that's a, that's a dope course, shoot. I, I'm sign me up. You know what I mean? Like the all inclusive wealth course. Like you said, a, a lot of a lot of us weren't privileged enough to get that course young, right? They don't teach that in school, right? It, school teaches you how to be an employee. And, and it's not until, like you said, you get to be an employee and you get tired of being an employee, you get tired of treated poorly, that you actually step out and start learning those things. Um, or you get exposed to somebody who had a different upbringing and they're like, hey, man, there's another way you can do this. Uh, otherwise, you get stuck in the system and it, it turns you up and spits you out just like everybody else. Um, so yeah, that's, that's super, super important. Very, very important that, you know, you, you teach that to your kids while they're young. And I don't think there's like a, a too young, I think there's principles of business 
that you can teach uh, uh, you know, a toddler because those principles of business also are principles of life. You know, like there's certain things that you do in business that you can also do in life. There's ways that you assert yourself. There's ways that you interact with people. There's ways that, like you say, you value things or you see the value in things, even as a young person uh, that you do in business. And it's super important that we start to give them the game early um, as opposed to waiting until it's like, you know, they're, they're like in, our, in their mid thirties and they're trying to figure out what do I do now? You know, I went to college and I, you know, I worked this job and I'm not happy. And now what do I do? Um, I think this next generation is definitely set up because of, of this, this new, uh, this new wave of, of wealth uh, and, and, and uh, financial literacy to, to definitely do some, some special things. And I'm, I'm excited to be like the old man with the gray beard and see what my kids are doing right. and their kids are doing. Like, I'm ready to be not ready. Like I obviously want to enjoy their whole life, but like, I want to see what it's like when I'm a grandfather. And then that's when you really get to see like, as a father, what you did. Like right now you see like little stuff that you're doing and you see your kid doing and you're like, Oh man, that's, you know, you're super proud, but like, you don't get to see what your fatherhood is until like they're grown. Right. And they start having their own kids and start doing their own things. And then you can be like, you know, you sit back in your in your rocking chair, your recliner, and you're like, man, I did a damn good job with these kids. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's what I'm that's what I'm looking forward to is, is to be to be able to sit back and and see my family like be successful in ways that they haven't been, you know, in the past um, and have you know businesses and, and, and investments and be entrepreneurs. And look, and, and I don't, I don't, some, not everybody's an entrepreneur. Some people are not built for that, right? And some people just aren't capable of it. But I, I mean, whatever it is that they're doing, they're so. Half they choose, then goddamn it, you're going to be the best, uh, the best employee at the, in, you know what I mean? At the highest up you could possibly be on it, you know, yeah. with that kind of ambition um, and be doing something for yourself on the side for sure um but i don't think we get there unless we start teaching them young and, and you know have that kind of inclusive course that you're talking about that you will create for your son that's super awesome um all right so last thing how would how would people find you like obviously i'm gonna, I'm gonna put this in a in a you know in the show notes and things like that your, your social media but but where would you where would you suggest they go where's the where's the best place to catch up with with top yeah so the link in the bio is probably the best place that has a list of everything that we have. Okay. And so the way that you get to the link in the bio is through Instagram at Ty Billion, on Twitter at Real Ty Billion, on the business Instagram, which is at Ty.Capital. And yeah, those are the places. We have the website, www.tycapital.co. Optionswithtie.com is another one. Uh, one that I have. We're building out the YouTube channel. So I have some really cool content planned and that's on YouTube. The page name is Ty Capital LLC, but I'm all over the place. Yeah. I'll put, I'll put all the links, the links down in the, uh, in the, in the show notes, man. I saw that. I saw you doing like the blog and, you know, taking yeah. people with you and doing like the live podcasting. And it's dope, man. I'm excited to see where that goes. You know, I, I saw you, you were in Atlanta and you had, you had the, the the podcast set up, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see how that goes, man. I think podcast gonna mess around and mess around and create a billion dollar company. That's the goal, billion dollar company. So yeah. it's funny. I tell people like, once you cross the million dollar threshold, the goal is billions. You didn't really be focused on too much. And what's also cool is once you cross the million dollar threshold, business becomes a game. It's not even about can I buy something new. It's just can I just prove to myself that I could do it. Can I prove to myself that I could do a billy? I'm not worried about, can I pay my rent? I'm not worried about, can I feed myself? I'm not worried about, can I clothe myself? All your effort and energy goes into chasing a billy. Isn't that crazy? Where there's people who their whole yeah. energy is focused on survival mode. Once you get out of survival mode, now you get to, to hop into legend mode. So we're trying to hop into legend mode, man. That's what we do doing all this stuff. It's not comfortable, but it's expanded. It's expanding the brand. Like I had to get used to being on camera, talking, doing all that stuff, but the more that you do it, the better you become. And then you look around and you just like doing even bigger things I'm doing now. Cause the goal now is to run ads on my video content. So to blow that up, show there were real people out there doing real things, but yeah, next level stuff. 
That's dope. That's dope, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I, again, let me let me say thank you for for joining me. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, to to hop on the podcast and talk to us about business and fatherhood. And, and it's been a really really good conversation. I'm I'm excited to share this with the community, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. I appreciate everything you're doing. I, I I like the fatherhood focus. I'm really big on fatherhood. Hopefully, I was able to drop some gems yeah, man. towards fatherhood. And because uh, I'm a huge proponent of just that whole movement of being back in the home. We went through a whole generation of people who uh, abandoned their responsibilities. And now we're seeing people who are taking fatherhood response or taking fatherhood seriously and seeing that it actually is important. You do play a, uh, an important role in your child's life. And the more of us that we get to do that, the healthier communities that we create. Yep, 100%, man. You got it. You got it. You got to hit the nail on the head right there, bro. Like we, we are the leaders of our families and the leaders of our community. And if we don't show up as leaders, then we're, our, com our communities fall by the wayside. So it's definitely important that in, in our generation that we step up and, and repair uh, what was previously broken. Um, and again, like I said, so that we're in, in a position to sit back in our chair and look at, you know, look at our communities and what we've spawned from our hard work and, and dedication. Yep, yep, yep. Thanks, brother. All right, bro. I appreciate it. I'm a, I'm a, let me go. You just tuned into another episode of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at you can call me coach on Instagram. Also follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood, the number four and the letter U on you can call me coach. Uh, Go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it.